Well, hello. We're back. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast, where we come at you only through your eye holes, and that's the best way to do it. You know, I come to you through four holes a week, and that's pretty good unless you're Sandy Duncan. All right, so today, let's talk about some trucking news. We're going to do an automotive satisfaction survey, which I think is pretty interesting. And, of course, I have yet another reason that we are not on Mars. Do you know why? Because there's a lot of idiots on this planet, and we're never going to get there until we get rid of all of them. Fortunately, we'll be rid of one of them by the end of the podcast, as we shall see. So today I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who is uh, currently absent, uh, A-W-O-L from the podcast, but she'll be popping in momentarily, I'm sure. When uh, she hears that we are back up and running. Now, we're still only in 37 countries. Can you believe that? There's, I don't know, what, 433,000 countries in the United uh, countries of planets here on this planet. I don't know. I went to public school. But uh, I do know that we're still only in 37 of however many there are, depending on what civil war is happening today. But so let's, uh, what's the most listened to metro area in the United States that listens to this podcast, the most downloads metro area. Where do you think that might be? Well, I looked it up. You know what it is? Chicago. <laughs> of all things, Chicago, that toddling town, the best pizza, the only kind of pizza, really, right, uh, for those of you living elsewhere. But uh, Chicago has the most downloads of any metro area in the United States at the moment. I think that's pretty interesting. I don't know why. I just find that kind of stuff interesting. That, you know, how one metro will have one and one has thousands of downloads. So, pretty interesting. Anyway, so look, nobody else cares about that probably but me. Let's talk about these two articles first. Uh, this week, two articles came out. Time and Wall Street Journal both came out with great articles. Great. I'm going to write to the one uh, author. The other one, there's no way to find out who uh, how to write to them. But about a truck driver shortage and the fake news of truck driver shortage that is everywhere. Here's something to think about. If you're driving and you're not getting all the miles you want, like basically as many as you want to drive, there's no shortage. You shouldn't be sitting if there's a shortage of drivers that there's all this freight all over the place. Another thing, I regularly talk to a driver who's been driving a lot longer than me. And in the late 70s, before deregulation, this driver was making $100,000 a year. Because people always write to me, now they're making 80, 100 grand, how much money, that's great money, is it? How much should driving pay? Here's the thing. In 1979, if you made $100,000, how much would you have to make today to make that same amount of money just with inflation without ever getting a raise just to keep up with inflation? Well, guess what? There's an easy calculator that will figure it out for you. So we just punched in some numbers. And if you made $100,000 in 1979 today, you would need to be paid $380,976 to have the same amount of money just from inflation. That, that right there is part of your problem. And drivers then didn't drive as many miles as they do now. In fact, they did a study. Drivers are 40% more productive than they were in the late 70s. So drivers are doing more work for way less money. How much is $100,000 today worth in 1979? What would you be making then? $26,000. I looked that up too. A fourth 
of what that driver made. Today's money is one-fourth of what it paid in 1979. That is something to consider. The other part of these articles is road companies, right? Long-distance uh, companies have an average turnover of 92%. Some are more than that. But they average 92% turnover per year. So every company, almost every large company that you see on the road, and they're almost always ATA companies, right? They're hiring however many trucks they have. So if Swift just had 92%, they have 16,000 trucks on the road. They're hiring 15,000 plus drivers a year just to keep the trucks filled. Here's another interesting fact, which was in the article. California, state of California has 640,000 CDL licensed drivers that are not currently driving. They did a big study there. How many open jobs are there in California that require a CDL? 140,000. That's posted jobs. There may be other jobs. These were jobs that they could find that are posted. So there's 640,000 people uh, you know, doing something else that have a license, and there's 140,000 open jobs. So is there a shortage of drivers? Or is there a reason that those drivers won't keep those jobs? Only about 5% of drivers that enter trucking are still trucking after five years. That's something. Most of them leave. Why? <laughs> because they're making a fourth of what they should be making. They have long hours, gone from home. We all know what the problems are. Sitting. Why is anybody sitting if there's all this big shortage of drivers? They talk to a driver who picks up produce. And look, I never had this problem picking up produce, but I don't pick it up in the fields. So I don't know about that. He said he gets loads and he'll get a load and go to pick it up, and uh, it's not even picked yet. <laughs> I find that amazing. How do they order a load that isn't even picked? So he said he has to wait sometimes days to get this load. I don't know why you would do that. It seems like you should leave. Maybe the load pays $20 a mile or something. I don't know. But he said if he uh, doesn't take it, somebody else will take it. Well, let somebody else take it. How many days do you want to sit before you take a load? That kind of thing, you know, that's an inefficiency in the system. That should be solved. But if you're sitting around, which I get these letters all the time, Mark, uh, it's Thursday night, I'm not picking up till Monday in the same town, and they're not going to pay me. How does that work if there's this big shortage? You think they'd want you to run every single day and have all kinds of stuff to do? Why would they just have you sit around? Their truck doesn't make any money either. All right. Maybe, maybe it's not exactly correct. Maybe it's a treatment thing. And, uh, for those of you that are not on and don't know it, I have this a YouTube channel with the same name as this podcast, which today's video is about some treatment that a driver got at a company that I've talked about before, because in my opinion, their pay is certainly not up to snuff. It's not even up to basically mega carrier uh, pay, which most people consider low, although that has been going up lately at many places. And uh, this driver may not have been treated in what I would consider um, the best way. You know, there are ways that places can do you and uh, other ways that they can do you. And this driver, I think, was getting it the other way, whatever exactly, <laughs> whatever that means. I thought these articles were pretty interesting. Look them up. Time lets you read a few things, uh, like four articles. I don't know if you can get the Wall Street Journal article without subscribing. Either way, they're very, very interesting. And it's about time some places finally did a study into this and uh, found out, you know, that the ATA, you know, they're perpetuating their own problem. All they do, they say there's a shortage, and so they get the government to subsidize truck schools and gets more people in the industry, 
And then they say, well, we have more shortage. We need more money. More people come. It doesn't help the pay system at all. When you have all these people sitting around that are not doing trucking, the pay is never going to go up Okay, to what it should be. 380 Remember that is 100 in 1979, and that's what was being paid then. So if you're not making 380 kind of being underpaid at the moment. Ironically, LTL companies, dr- companies that get drivers home have only a 14% turnover rate. So maybe the trucking industry should look into that kind of thing. And I do see more of that. I just saw an ad for US Express where you could be out two and home one. You're off 17 uh, weeks a year. Uh, which is pretty interesting. It's still not uh, the home daily, uh, certainly, idea. And I don't know that that's going to solve any of their issues, but that's an interesting way to do it. It still doesn't uh, change the fact that you're gone for two weeks at a time. So that's what they should change. A lot of relays. If they started doing relays, I think they'd have I think they'd have a little bit better uh, opportunity. Did you see large companies and a number of astute listeners have sent me these are uh, opposing the mandate? Snyder is the latest one that someone sent me an interesting uh, thing about that says, hey, look, we'd like our drivers and everybody to go get vaccinated, but we oppose a mandate. And so a number of other large companies are also saying the same type of thing. They're opposing it. And the ATA, for all the horrible things that it does to try to ruin the trucking industry on a daily and minute by minute basis, at least is part of a lawsuit against the administration among what? dozen 20 states or something like that and uh, many many other companies filing lawsuits against it it's uh, stayed at the moment it's supposed to go into effect january 4th look i don't see that happening of course i'm not an attorney people don't know that they may they may wonder about that uh whether i'm an attorney or not i'm not and so <laughs> they are filed a lawsuit who knows when this stuff will all go into effect if at all your company of course could impose one they could impose it themselves and uh, make you do it. Tyson's the only trucking company I've heard of. There may be others. I keep seeing these articles now. It's like 8.9% of trucking companies. I haven't heard of any other than Tyson. So uh, other than that. So if your company is imposing a mandate, I'd love to know about it. So haven't heard anything about it. Edward Durr. Remember this guy? New Jersey ran for a state uh, office against a guy that had been in there for many years. <laughs> I can't remember the other guy's name. So this guy's a truck driver. That's why we're talking about him. He spent like 150 bucks and won the election. Close election. Then suddenly after the election, they found another box of, of ballots. That's what the his opponent said. Well, we found 12,000 more ballots. And so then the press asked him about that. What do you mean you found? Oh, I never said found. That's what he just said. He did say found. They replayed it. Okay, So he did say that. They found them. Um, I mean, you know, they're more around. Anyhow, they counted those, and the other guy conceded. I'm surprised. The other guy conceded and said, all right, you win. So uh, this guy, truck driver, will be in the uh, state center. I don't know what he's going to be able to do as one person, but you you can't start something unless the first person starts it. So that's the uh, solution there. They're going to do some rear underride guard inspections. And you may not think this is a big deal. You know what we call the ICC bumper in the back? That's going to be part of an annual inspection now on uh, any further annual inspections. I couldn't be happier. You know, I've thought about this a lot. I get, as considering I drop a hook every day, I get a lot of them that are bent, um, crooked, rusted. And I will tell you, I've turned a few trailers down, and I have to do this every year, because the underride guard is so rusted. When I put my, I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's hardly anything holding this thing on here. 
I push it with my foot. It moved. I could move the thing back and forth. I thought, no way. I turned that trailer down. And what they probably did is just give it to another driver, to be honest with you. But I, there's no way I wanted that thing to fall off of there and go through somebody's windshield. The whole, if I can move it by pushing on it, it's rusted through. And it was it hit huge rust holes. That's what was holding it up. So there was no way, no way I was going to take that trailer. And I'm like, forget this thing. So, uh, because that's totally unsafe. And I, so I'm happy that these are going to be part of an inspection. I think it's a great idea. I get them where they're bent they're bent back on the sides. They're totally bent under. I don't know what people do with them. Some have a bunch of yellow on them. So I know they've like pushed up against a pole with them and stuff. I'm very happy that this guard is going to be inspected. It doesn't seem like a big deal. But this is how these guards get all bent and just let go because it's not part of an inspection. It's not. It doesn't have to ever be inspected as part of a trailer inspection. And it should be. Some of them are rusted. And that's from companies that are cheap in my opinion, where they will not wash their equipment. It needs to be washed. That salt gets in there. Any little rust spots start, a paint chipped off. Salt gets in there from the winter, and it just eats it up. This is from companies not maintaining their equipment, and I consider washing equipment to be part of maintenance. You can't just forever leave your equipment to not be washed its whole life, and it looks horrible besides. I don't know what you're trying to do. Get the thing in the wash bay. Should be washed regularly, especially through the winter with all of our beet juice salt and stuff that they put down. Uh, all that stuff. And speaking of winter, Minnesota. Bunch of crashes. Bunch of crashes. Today is the 12th of November. Bunch of crashes up there today. Why? First snowstorm of the season. Some places had six inches of snow. Okay. And so they showed a bunch of... And who slid off? All oh, bunch of trucks. And <laughs> they did show one minivan in the middle. But a bunch of trucks sliding off the road. Please, please space it out. This is where these come from. If you hit the people in front of you, you are following too closely on the highway. All right, You need to be able to stop in whatever conditions there are before you hit whatever is stopped in front of you. If you cannot do that, you are following too close. And I would certainly ticket you as an officer and ding you with an at fault at a company. If that happened to you, back it off. Okay. Just like in the song, right? You may have to back them uh, pigs off all the way back to Oklahoma City. So back it back off there. Do you eat at a Chester's chicken? <laughs> you ever heard of Chester's? All right. You know, some loves have Chester's chickens in them. And I'll probably do this on the next podcast, too. This goes out every Tuesday, Friday, if I can, if I have anything to say about it. And November 18th, okay, which is coming up. Mark it on your calendars. If you go into a Chester's chicken and show your CDL, you get a hat and a free mac and cheese. Now, I think there's probably limited uh, number of hats. They probably don't have a billion hats. But um, show your CDL on the 18th. It's uh, Trucker Thanksgiving Day for Chester's Chicken. I don't know how they make their own up, but okay with me. And also uh, enjoy some uh, delicious Chester's Chicken while you're there. This is not sponsored by Chester's Chicken, although it should be. And they're in some loves. So you have to go to them at the loves, apparently. If they're anywhere but loves, this deal does not apply. So go find yourself a Chester's at a loves and get yourself a hat. Put on that bald head of yours and get some mac and cheese. All right. So we uh, could all use that, I think. I think that uh, the sales satisfaction survey, this car sales satisfaction survey is interesting. Now, what they do is survey people just bought a car about the sales experience. How was it? How was the whole sales experience from starting to look for your car until getting the paperwork and leaving with your new car? This is for new cars. 
So in order, right, number three for this Lexus, okay, as you can imagine, Lexus treats people better there. Two, Infinity. And number one, Porsche for our dealer satisfaction. D, that's the satisfaction at the dealer, the whole buying process, doing the paperwork, getting your car, uh, having everything explained to you properly, uh, you know, being treated properly at the dealer, all that. That's all part of the sales satisfaction survey. And uh, everybody else is down, you know, rummaging around at the bottom. What is the main problem in buying a car at the dealer when they asked people? Because they also asked them, did you look anywhere else? You know, why did you not buy a car at that place or that kind of car or whatever? Do you think it's the kind of car? No, that doesn't seem to be the problem. Uh, is it the price of the car? They can't get the price they want. No, uh, that is not the issue. They couldn't find the car they want. No. Now, why do people not buy a car? The salesman, right? The salesman by far was the number one reason people did not buy a car at a certain dealership. The number one. It, the other ones weren't even close to that. And this is another one of those same things, just like having recruiters at the truck stop or at uh, the trucking companies. They have these recruiters which are horrible to you on the phone and they don't fire the recruiter. They lie to people. They never fire the recruiters. They just don't care about the drivers. Same thing. And at the dealership, I don't understand it because if people walk out because of the salesman and don't buy the car there, that just hurts the company. The, they don't make money there. Say you go buy the same kind of car to a different dealership, like, okay, GM's still happy. You went and bought another of the same car, but that dealership doesn't make any money. And if it's the one close to your house, they end up working on the car under warranty and don't make any money on the sale. So I don't know why... Uh, car dealerships do this and this is widely around there part of it they said is that the salesmen don't know anything which is true i don't know if i've ever gone to a dealership where the salesman knew more than me about the car not me know more about cars than a lot of the salesmen and research them and stuff but look usually they can't even answer simple questions i'll ask them stuff oh what does uh, what size tires oh i don't know and they go get a brochure they go get the brochure like oh let's just look at it together I'm like, were you a trainer recently for a Salt Lake City-based company? Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that uh, salesmen go through there. And they shouldn't. They should at least know something. I remember there was a lot of knowledge training when I was selling cars, but people just didn't, they didn't get it. You know, a lot of the salesmen had no idea about anything about the cars. You ask them a question, they have no idea. And that is by far the number one reason. It's probably also the salesmen talking down to you, especially women. Right at dealerships, hey little lady, yo, you in a looking for a car today? <laughs> you gonna call your husband and get this thing agreed to, or how are we gonna do this? You know that kind of thing still goes on at dealerships. I still hear about that at dealerships. Not a good plan. Okay, so that's not a great plan either. But there's a lot of that, and the salesmen don't know anything. So either of those two reasons are probably it. But it's by far the salesman is what boots people out of there. For anybody who listens to other podcasts but this one, and I don't know why you would, but there are some good ones like Car Talk. So I wanted to mention this. What they're doing right now, as we know, Car Talk, click and clack, right? The Tappet Brothers. Tommy died a few years ago, so the show ended at that point. And But Ray is still with us, and he does commercials and stuff in the show and hosts basically the replays of the show. So what they're doing right now, if you're interested in like Car Talk, they are replaying the first season of Car Talk, and they're playing two shows a week. 
on the on the podcast. So go find Car Talk on your favorite podcast player, and they're playing it. That's 1991, folks, when that show started. They're replaying the old shows. They don't do the uh, "Don't Drive Like My Brother" for those that you know remember the show or any. Of that. They don't have their current address. Uh, they don't have their car talk phone number. Nothing on the show. It's a great, uh, great look back at the beginnings of the show and how the show started. And it's still callers calling in with their car questions. I love it. Look, go listen to the show. Hear the thirty-year-old show from uh, those guys. It's being replayed right now on your favorite player and go uh, it's been on for a few weeks now they've been redoing the first season they're doing an order so you can still get them in order go ahead and listen to that download it and get all the first shows i would like to bring us now a reason why we're not living on mars the red planet it seems so close and yet it's so far away because there's so many moronic stupid idiots that live on this planet now dateline arkansas what a surprise that is and, of course, it's two dudes. Couldn't find a woman. It's two dudes this time. What do you think they're doing in Arkansas? Well, they're drinking. What a surprise. Likely sitting two chairs in the back of an old pickup truck. Don't know about that. But they're drinking. You know how two dudes are drinking and one guy's wearing a bulletproof vest because <laughs> why wouldn't you be wearing a bulletproof vest when you're out drinking? So, the other guy says, hey. How about I shoot you with the vest? And he's like, well, sure, it's a bulletproof vest. So he picks up his twenty-two rifle and fires the old shot at him. Kablamo. Hits him square on and apparently knocks him out of the pickup truck bed onto the ground. And he's okay. It just hurts a lot. And he says, hey, let me wear that thing, of course. Because, hey, it seems like fun. So the other guy, he puts it on, probably all sweaty with beer sweat. And uh, so probably, uh, you know, I don't know, PBR beer, uh, likely from someone there. And uh, so the guy says, hey, why don't you shoot me? <laughs> and of course, that seems like a great idea. Um, so they switch. One guy now has the vest. The other guy has the rifle. And he, what the police said is, unloads the clip into his friend so but unfortunately um after you drink your aim is not that great so although he was hit a couple times in the bulletproof vest area i guess he was hit in the legs and arms uh without a bulletproof vest area he was taken to the hospital and i don't know if you know this when you show up at the hospital with bullet wounds they call the police whether you like it or not the police come and arrest these two for being complete morons and aggravated assault, among other things. Although, honestly, I don't know if it's going to stick or not because kind of volunteered for it. Not a lawyer. So I don't know if you can be charged or not. If you can be charged with being stupid, maybe. Can you be charged with a crime for this? I don't know, illegal dis discharge of a firearm? Something. These two should be total, total idiot. Uh, you know, should have st an eye stamped on their head. Uh, either way, <laughs> look, this is the these two are another reason that we're not going to be on Mars. All right. One guy right, probably disabled and can't fly anymore. And the other guy just stupid. And I don't know wh why you're just sitting around wearing a bulletproof vest. But, hey, I don't live in Arkansas. So I don't know. Well, some of you will have to tell me, uh, you know, why that might be. Either way, this is another reason that we won't be on Mars. And hopefully these two will not be on the planet with me when I finally show up there 
to start a new society. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. It's chilly, so get that coat on today. As uh, my mom would make me wear a coat based on uh, just the time of year. We can go into that in a little bit. But curiously, no matter what, right, you had to wear a coat until spring, no matter what, which I thought was uh, really interesting. No matter if it was 70 degrees out, that was just great. Take it easy in the snow, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. If you have a reason that we're not on Mars, let me know. Mark at truckinganswersnation.com, and uh, we can feature it on a podcast for you. See you on the next one.